Episode 57, the Go Figure Podcast is live. It's September 12th. Ty, what happened to 2023? I don't even know, Leo. It, it's just, it's gone. I mean, we're just, coming in, what, it, coming into the fourth quarter here pretty soon? Yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah, it's I mean, it's a Fagazi, a Fagazi. You just blink and it's gone. And Granted, I had a kid here. on the 26th, so the, the whole first That's a good quarters point. is just a blur. Yeah, you were kind of a zombie there. Sleep Not a lot day. of sleep <laughs> at night for you and Marie. So yeah. that's, yeah, I remember those days. Yeah. Remember those days well. Those were days, uh, sleepless days. We'll call sleepless one day at nights. a time. Yeah, one day at a time for sure. Well, yeah, like you said, fourth quarter's coming. So this is episode 57. We got it uh, broken down into three key topics today. What is on, what's on the uh, topic uh, subject line for us today, Ty? What do we got? Yeah, to, uh, I'll, you know, obviously we always have to have a money piece here, nature of money, money, money. Um, so we're going to talk about the five money finance truths that sadly we weren't taught in school. Oh, there's a few of those for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That is part of our mission. I feel to teach everybody everything that we were not taught in school, but should have been the stuff that actually makes a difference. So that's, I'm, I'm excited about this topic. Absolutely. It's going to be great. And then the uh, with our mindset piece, just like we were just talking about, oddly enough, we're going to discuss how to finish 2023 uh, with massive momentum in your business. Absolutely. Yeah, 2023 is going fast. We are more than two-thirds of the way done. In fact, at the in two more weeks, we'll be 75% done with 2023. So if you want to finish 2023 strong with massive momentum in your business, there are a few key, key things because there's been a lot of years where I didn't finish strong. And so I've kind of kept track of this is what you should do. This is what you should avoid, et cetera, et cetera. And Ty, obviously week one just completed last night in the NFL. A lot of big stories we need to talk about there. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not even going to dive into it yet because yeah. I'll go off. But uh, Yeah, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. So much of it, especially Excited. last night. Last night. I got to say, my boys and I, uh, Marcus and Jonas, we were sitting up uh, on the couch there and we were jumping up and screaming because it was pretty exciting there at, uh, at the end of that Monday night football game. Welcome to the Go Figure podcast created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. All right, everyone, let's jump into the money segment here, the five money finance truths we were not taught in school, but we should have been taught in school. So we're going to unpack these for you and break these down. And right at the top of the list, one of the key lines that uh, I love saying when we're at different events, and you and I have spoken at, uh, you know, we've been keynote speakers at events from coast to coast across this country. And one of my favorite lines to say is, we're on a mission to eradicate the disinformation related to credit misinformation once and for all, one of my favorite lines. And I always ask the audience, you know, how many of you, raise your hand high, were taught a lot about credit in high school or college I've never seen anyone raise their hand. No, because you're you're just not. That's not how it works. I mean, as, especially at least where I went to to school, uh, where I went to high school, where I went to college, I went to BYU. I I don't ever recall learning what a FICO score was, what a credit score range was, what your credit can be used for. I remember learning about extremely elaborate bookkeeping and extremely elaborate 
uh, finances and whatnot, but you don't learn about credit, the the engine that kind of drives all of these things. I used to think, oh, people just pay cash for cars. Yeah, that's how they do it. Yeah, everybody just has twenty five, thirty thousand dollars in their bank account. They just pay cash. I'm like, how how do people do this? How do they make so much money? I didn't realize that everybody in the community I was growing up around was actually just getting a car loan. Yeah, based I- on their good credit or bad credit. Exactly. Or like I I legit remember being in high school or a little bit younger. Actually, thankfully, my parents did a good job of of educating me about credit. But I remember being a little bit younger and you get this plastic credit card. It was just the magic card. You didn't realize that a credit rating had to go into qualifying that for that card and qualifying for a certain amount and interest. There's so much that goes into it. You just don't realize. No. What was the first credit account you ever opened up? It was an American Express with Costco. That's hilarious. For me, it was a, it was a MB&A card. MB&A was a credit card company back in the 80s, 90s. They were purchased in the 2000s by Bank of America, I think, after the uh, financial crisis of 08, 09. And I was sitting there, and back, back in the day, this is 1998, you would go out outside your class and outside in between buildings, and there'd be a little table set up, and you'd get a free T-shirt, and you could sign up for a credit card. And I had no idea what the hell was going on. I, I don't even remember getting the plastic card in the mail. I don't even remember where what happened. Probably sent it to Beaver. Pro- probably sent it to Beaver. And when I got back uh, from my mission from Santiago, Chile, I had a little bit of credit history, thank goodness. But I, I didn't use the card once. I don't even know where the hell it went. So that's yeah. that was kind of my first foray into my first jump. And, oh, this is credit. Oh, right. That's interesting. Like these colleges, these universities are more than happy to allow companies to come in and promote their credit cards mm-hmm. on campus and yeah. very likely get a kickback. But... They don't want to do anything to teach you about it. Nothing. Nothing. Not one class. And and I was majoring in finance. Accepted in the business college, uh, David Eccles Business College. And it's a good school. I think BYU is a really great school where you went to. And sadly, just no education about credit. And I'm not aware of of anything popping up uh, at all about credit. And so the, the first topic here is Great credit is key to success for 99% of people. There's that small percentage of people that maybe didn't use credit for a business or to be able to invest in in real estate or whatever it is. And they're, they're a small percentage, but for the most part, Good credit means you pay, you're able to actually invest in assets because most of the time people don't have cash to buy real estate, right? You think of the millions of dollars in real estate that we control, it's because we had the credit that we built up to do that. Uh, Same thing with business. We were able to fund our own businesses and get those off the ground because we built up strong credit profiles. And if you don't do that, it makes it awfully difficult to succeed. And even if you're not going to be an entrepreneur and you just want to be someone who succeeds you know, and creates wealth for yourself and your family, if you don't have good credit, you can't buy the house, which is what most people build their wealth with, is the house that they buy or other properties. Uh, they're going to pay higher interest rates on cars. They're going to get killed on other, or they won't even be able to qualify they may not be able to go to college. You know, we can debate whether that's even a good thing, but I mean, that's where people are at. Yeah, I mean, in, insurance can be more expensive. There, the, you yep. can't get a merchant account. Like, there, there's a lot that goes into that. And even if, you know, maybe you do have bad credit and you're still able to make some of these these things happen, it's going to be significantly harder because it's going to be way more expensive for you to do something that 
that would be, I mean, you look at interest rates, for example, it, you've got a mid to high 700. Even right now in this, this economy, you're what, 7% on a mortgage loan? Whereas you if, if you're high, I, what is the benchmark? Is it like below 680? You're probably looking closer to what, 9, 10%? I mean, you're well over eight for sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's getting, and you're paying mortgage insurance and you might be paying FHA insurance if you're a first time home buyer and it's going to get very expensive. Yeah. Which over a 30 year period, that's for most homes, that's going to cost you hundreds of thousands. No question. So first thing we should have been taught in school was about how credit works, how important it is, how, I mean, even in the dating game, like it's listed yep. in your profile on a lot of the big uh, dating apps. Jillian's laughing because she knows it's true. And so you want to have that good credit profile so you can be, you know, it's it's sexy to have that good credit profile. You're going to attract a better partner. So that's, that's number one. Number two, you ever played that game, that board game Life? Oh, yeah. You get in the little car and you go and you, <laughs> and it's so funny at the beginning, Pete, you're literally just rolling the dice to see what your career is. And I feel that like, that's what most people do. They roll the dice. You're like, ah, yeah, I'm in college. I'm going to study about marketing or I'm just going to become, you know, I'm going to become a teacher or I'm going to become this or that. And there isn't like an actual thought process of, well, how much money am I going to make at the end of the day? You know, how am I going to be able to pay student loans back? Like you don't actually think about these things. You just sort of leave it a chance and you roll the dice and, oh, cool, this is what I'm going to do. And I just walked into this class and that's literally how people make decisions. And then all of a sudden, you know, fast forward 20 years, they're 40. Maybe they, they have a, a mortgage, a couple kids, and, and they hate what they're doing and there's no opportunity to earn more and they didn't learn any new skill sets. And they have still, you know, $50,000 in student loans that now they have to pay back that, you know, you didn't have to pay back during COVID. Now you do. And so this, this uh, game of life, this board game, it's what people do. They literally just leave things to chance. But in real life, you don't have to do that. You can actually be like, all right, I want to go into this industry because I believe it's going to do well, right? It's like someone uh, goes into the newspaper industry in the 2000s and you're like, you can see the writing on the wall, probably not a good idea. It's kind of going down. Or you go into small retail stores in the 2000s and everything's going online to e-commerce, probably not a good idea. It's literally like people don't think it through. And if you just took some time, your odds of success, financial, family well-being would be so much higher. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but every time I played life, I never went to school. Right, I was always let's just let's just let's just keep going. Let's let's get going with our career. Let's start making 100%. money. And you know, you th you think about it, Leo. Like in the grand scheme of things, your career, your professional career, is not that long. And unless you're yeah. going to go be a doctor, right, a dentist, a, a CPA, an attorney, like if you if you're just going to school to get a very very general basic degree in college nowadays, like especially if you're not working, you're sacrificing four years of your career. Not only that though, you're not gaining work experience. So you've, yep. you've got this degree. Well, guess what? Most employers now actually want experience and they want applicable experience at that. And so you go get a few years of experience. Now you're six years into maybe a 25 year career. That's a really long time for something that wasn't even applicable that you're not even going to use. I, I mean, again, unless you've got a very, very set doctor attorney type of, of thing, I, I mean, go get in the workforce, go gain some experience. If, if you gain that experience and the experience tells you, wow, I need to go back to school to learn a specific skill, 
that's probably not going to happen uh, just from experience, but go back to school at that point. I, I think everyone should go out and get into the workforce a little bit first though. No question. No question. I mean, how it's so mind boggling to think, okay, you're 18 years old. How about we give you a $200,000 student <laughs> loan? Like just to just saying that out loud just sounds outrageous. Why would you do that? Who at 18 can actually make a good decision like that? And the bottom line is most do not. And then they go get that degree in French, you know, literature, art, whatever in the 18th century. And you're like, eh, it really doesn't lead to actually make any money. And data just came out that shows that more than 50% of college graduates start a job that has absolutely nothing to do with their major. Yeah. And then those that do start the job, they probably didn't even need it to get started anyway because they're going to be starting on an entry-level position that they could have started probably by just having some experience for a year or two versus getting $50,000 in student loans and then starting at the bottom anyway. Yeah, so exactly. So the Board Game of Life is actually very real. Uh, that's number two. Number three, wealth-generating skills are found in books, YouTube videos, and not in school. Learn from those who have done what you want to do. And I think that's a money finance truth that we definitely didn't learn in school because we just thought, oh, you go to school, you go to college, and then that's how you're going to be able to earn more money. There's all these famous stats that uh, college graduates make like a million dollars more over their life than a high school graduate. And I think that, that was definitely probably true in the 80s when that was run, but I don't know how true it is in 2023. And so the thing is, you're studying all this stuff, and it just it's so tough. Because my kids are in high school and junior high right now and elementary, and your kids are going to be getting there. And they bring the homework home, and like we're studying complicated math, and it's required for Kayla to graduate. And there's no future. The only way you'd ever use it is if you were a soup, a mathematician, <laughs> professor. I don't. I mean, maybe engineering. I don't even think in engineering. Like these math concepts are so foreign, you're never going to use them. And then everything's automated anyway online with calculators. It's a massive waste of time. And yet, if she had been spending her time, she wants to become a real estate agent. What if she was learning sales skills and marketing skills and real tangible skills that you can use as a real estate agent, build her own business, or learn how to invest? Just just as an example, there's no opportunity for them to do that. And yet, we study all these books in college that you know are not going to actually help you. And then you get out of college in the real world, and you're like, oh wow, I can pick up this book from. You know, Grant Cardone from Alex Hormozzi, Russell Brunson, uh, Sarah Blakely, people have actually built really successful businesses that I can learn marketing, I can learn sales. And so all the success that you want to learn about money, finance, and business is found in these books, not college books, just $15 books online and YouTube videos that are free and from people who have actually done it. Instead of in school, you're learning from someone who's talking from theory who's probably never had it been in business so exactly it'd, it'd be kind of interesting leo what if they did like uh i was gonna say 10 years you scratch that what if they even did this two years so you you go to college you have your major but again they make you do the undergrad you have to take all yeah. the american histories all of this crap so what if they picked like five main questions from every class you ever took combine them into one massive test two years after you graduate said, go take this test. Oh man. I bet people would average 30%. hundred percent. If that, because yeah. it's useless crap that you don't retain. Yes. I understand the concept of you go to college to learn how to work, but 
Some people learn how to work because they had good parents that taught them how to work. Some people learn how to work because they played sports where they learned how to work, right? You don't have to pay thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars to go learn how to work and do a bunch of useless bull crap. When in all reality, you get into the workplace, you make money by by becoming an expert, right? You make money by becoming the best at what you do. I don't make money by learning about American history, about all these different classes. I make money because I know credit better than 99% of the people out there. And that's what people need to understand. Become an expert and you do that by studying the topics that are actually applicable to, to you, by learning the skill sets that you are actually going to utilize on a day-to-day basis. That's the key. Oh, so true. So true. Learning a skill set that's in high demand and becoming an expert in that, that's what pays well. And I always just love the example of the specialist doctor who's like a, a brain surgeon, and there's a very small percentage of people that go into medical school but come out brain surgeons, they might make a million dollars a year versus the general practitioner who can kind of knows a little bit about everything, a little, little bit, but isn't an expert on anything, might only make like $100,000 a year as a doctor after eight years of school and five years of residency, he's 15 years in, and he's only making a hundred grand a year, and he probably grabbed my my brother went to medical school, $300,000 in student loans. So, damn, that's a lot of student loans. Yeah. Anyway, so become an expert, and you can learn these skills through books, experience, and just learning from people who have done it, finding mentors. And it doesn't have to be someone you know. It can be someone who's an expert in that field that you're learning from their online courses, books, uh, seminars, etc. And that's what's so great about 2023 that didn't really exist 20 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. All right, our fourth uh, thing that you should have been taught in school is long-term success requires a combination of usually entrepreneurship and investing know-how in terms of uh, financial success. So if I want to succeed financially and build wealth, then I've got to either be really good at business or I've got to be really good at investing. And most of the time, you kind of need to have some knowledge of both of those because at some point you're going to hit a ceiling in your opportunities in your career. And you're either going to come to a point where, okay, I've got to start a business or I've got to at least know how to invest. One of the guys I follow is Justin Donald. Uh, He's known as the lifestyle investor, really cool guy. And he worked at corporate America for like 15 years and he saved up like a hundred grand or something like that. And then he got into investing in mobile home parks. And within a couple of years, he and his wife were able to quit their jobs. And so he became an expert at uh, real estate, mobile home parks, uh, apartments. And and then he really grew from there. So he kind of did it through investing knowledge, but a lot of people do it through starting a business. And that can be a side hustle because you became an expert in something. And if you don't learn those two things, then it's going to be really tough to create the financial life that you want. It's interesting how hand in hand these things, these these two things actually go, Leo. Like, for example, there's there's people out there that oh, I want to invest in real estate, and they'll get a couple rental properties, and their their rental properties won't go very well because they didn't understand the entrepreneurial side. And then you have an entrepreneur that could invest in those same two properties, but understood how to get creative to make those properties worth more. Understood how to get creative to get the right team to manage these properties. How to get to, uh, how to get creative to allow their potential renters to pay them in different ways, different strategies. And so the entrepreneurial side of investing is what takes investors to that next level. 
uh, anyone can go invest their money. Anyone can give someone their money to invest, but entrepreneurs tend to turn those investments into much larger returns. And you don't necessarily have to become an entrepreneur. You can become an entrepreneur, or if you're in a sales position, a lot of the times, you know, you can find ways to bring in more deals, make more money. Your company might provide a certain amount of leads. If you go out there and you find more leads, you can often double, triple your income. And so if you're not in a position where there's commission involved, where if you are, you know, innovative and resourceful, or you can come to uh, one of the business owners at the workplace where you're at have got this idea within our business. It could work really well. I'm going to spearhead it. I'm going to take it on, and I just want to have an extra piece of it if it does well. And that's kind of like a guy like Bob Iger at Disney. He certainly didn't start Disney, didn't found it, but he's an entrepreneur, and he found different ways to, oh, let's bring Marvel in, let's bring Star Wars in, and built up Disney and became a billionaire himself. Uh, Jamie Dimon, the CEO of Chase, same exact thing. And so you can do these things as an entrepreneur. You don't have to be an entrepreneur or you can be like the third, fourth, fifth person in a startup that eventually sells and exits and do really well. I remember, I think the the hundredth employee of Microsoft, you know, is worth like $20 million. So there are all these opportunities that you can do this, but you have to be strategic. You're either an entrepreneur or entrepreneur, or you're doing it through investments. And if you're not doing one of those three, then financial success is not going to be yours. And you can study and learn these things, but they're not taught in school. Yeah, not absolutely. Taught in school. All right, last one is your values and principles are going to attract and repel wealth. And I would say for me growing up in a small town, it was, it was like you looked at your neighbor and, oh, my neighbor is doing really well. That means I can't do well. Like there's this scarcity abundance mindset thing in a lot of places across this country and wherever you are raised that has a big deal. And so what your beliefs are, your values and principles like will decide whether you're going to be successful or not. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, Leo, I I genuinely believe in karma. I think karma is a very, very real thing. And if your values and principles align with, I want to help other people, I want to build other people up, I want financial health for everyone that I work with, I want to give to them, then that's going to come back in return. And those, I mean, that's, those are values and principles right there. Do I completely, uh, it's kind of the golden rule, right? Yeah. hundred percent because more now than ever, like I, I think back in the eighties and nineties, you could have a shitty product or service and you might be able to get away with it yeah. for a while because you okay. could be, you know, you could have your business in, uh, in California. You could be selling people, you know, mailing stuff in New York. There were no online reviews to figure out if you had a good product or service. But in 2023, if you're not serving your customer client with the best product service at the highest level, it, you will be exposed immediately. And so if you don't have this focus of, if you come out, oh, I just want to make money, you're going to fail. But if you come out, I want to give the best experience in my field, whether it's business finance, whether it's e-commerce, whether it's real estate, I want my customer and client to just be blown away with value and serve them at the highest level and earn referrals. And if you have that type of focus, you're going to win. And it's the same thing. The karma comes back more now than ever. If you want to provide a great workplace for your team and you just want to have, you know, you take them on a company trip and and do things that most workplaces don't do, those are the things that lead to success. And that's why values and principles, like you said, karma, it's real. Yeah. You always hear businesses and they talk about culture. It's like genuinely... They, they always say, well, make your 
your team and your employees feel like you actually care. And I hate that saying. I, I think that's the stupidest thing ever. Don't make them feel like you care. Actually care. That's what it comes down to. If you genuinely care for your people, they will want what's best for you and they will do what's best for you and do what's best for the company. But you have to genuinely treat them as you would your own mother, your own sister, your own brother. Like you, you have to genuinely care for them. Don't, don't make them feel like you care. Just genuinely care. I always think back to 2021 when we, we had like four or five keys that we wanted everyone to focus on throughout the year. And one of them that you brought in that was so pivotal was imagine when you're helping that client, that prospect, that it's like your mother, father, brother, sister, a real family member and treating them that way with that level of respect and care. And you're not worried about making money. You're worried about providing a great experience and just helping them solve their problem. Like if you just go into every conversation, how can I help this person? It changes everything. And you, if you do that a lot, you will make a lot of money. You will have a lot of success. But if you no. come in there with a different mindset, you won't. Especially nature of what we do, Leo, right? We sell money. We sell funding. Imagine if every single one of our reps cared more about the success of the business they were serving than they did their own paycheck. Like, I think our team does really good at it, but if we did that every single call, every single prospect, we'd change more lives, we'd all make more money, but you have to genuinely care. And sometimes, that, you're right, that is kind of tricking your brain. I, when I was in a sales slump, especially with selling funding or selling finance, every woman I talked to, it was my <laughs> mother. I would picture my mother and I would say, I am not going to let my mom's business fail. Or I would picture my father. That's, I'm not just saying that. That's literally something I would do. And I think it, it could help a lot of people turn sales slumps around. And that's what gives you a competitive advantage is providing that kind of value going above and beyond what the competition's just not going to do. Yeah. So huge things. So, so five things you can do right now to create wealth for yourself, for your family, for your business, for your team that you definitely were not taught in school. All right, let's talk about uh, how to finish 2023 with massive momentum in your business. What are some things that you can do? One of the things I like to do is go back and look. Hopefully you've been updating and focusing on a real business plan that you put together at the end of 2022 to set the stage for 2023. Go look at those targets that you set up in January 2023 and then make sure you're focused on you know pursuing those results and again it's not a numbers thing always sometimes it's you know wanting to have better culture in your office sometimes it's giving a better experience to strategic partners that you're already working with sometimes it's investing in software technology that's eventually going to pay dividends not this year but next but whatever it is you should be focusing and updating that business plan throughout the year so that you can finish 2023 strong as strong hopefully as you started yeah. And I, I mean, the next thing on this, this list, Leo, that we, we talked about is really breaking down and analyzing your KPIs, using some of the downtime that you have to, to understand your KPIs and to kind of prepare for the following quarter to reestablish new goals, reestablish new business plans. Your KPIs in, in Q4 are going to be imperative. The fourth quarter is probably the most tricky quarter, I think, in the entire year because you know you're going to have Thanksgiving, right, if you're in the U.S., which probably everybody is that's following this. And so you know you're going to kind of lose almost a full week in November. Like, that's going to happen. Yeah, You've got that. Then you've got December coming up, and you can basically, the last two weeks of December, unless you're a retail or an e-commerce store, 
your business was will really slow down likely and a lot of people will be gone those last two weeks of december and then that first week of january can be a slow week too as people you know celebrate the new year and get back to to work and so there can that you're basically looking at at that first week in january the last two of december and the last one in november i mean that's a whole month that a lot of people will lose and so the first thing is you want to make sure your team is is focused on on doing as much as they can you know during the times that are not dead especially if you're in phone sales or finance or things where you know things get shut down for the holiday or a lot of people are gone and then when you do have that downtime i mean yes you want to spend it with family but there's a lot of downtime where you're let's be honest you're just sitting there your kids might be playing with toys doing different things yeah hopefully you're going snowboarding or you're doing something fun but you've got downtime and that's when you should be reading that's when you should be working on your business plan for 2023 you should be learning some new skills like there's so many things that you can be doing and if you're doing those things come january you're going to hit the ground running a lot of people and I, i've i've heard this before th by thanksgiving they kind of shut it down and they don't really get going until like the end of january so they're losing almost two and a half months that happens in a lot of businesses yeah it's it's brutal and i think as business leaders uh whether you own your own business you're a manager you're a team lead one thing that you should be doing literally right now is setting um, those standards, uh, kind of giving people expectations of, hey, here, here's what I expect for you during these times of the year. If you're going to take that whole week off, I need to know right now, but kind of start to prepare for those times. And then for me in my role, Leo, I love during that that Christmas to New Year week to acknowledge and recognize our partnerships to oh, yeah. kind of send them, here's the year in review to, you know, we may not be bringing on a lot of new businesses we or a lot of new business. We may not be doing a lot of training of, of our reps because they're not in the office, but what can we control and what we can control is recognizing our partners and congratulating, congratulating our team. Exactly. Yeah. Celebrating. And, and so I, I, you just got to get those realistic expectations in line right now, though. Yeah, no question about it. And maybe some extra contests. I love having something like that you're working towards as a company towards the end of the year to qualify for yeah. maybe I, we're doing our seven figures cruise that we're going to be doing in March and uh, April or, or February, March, April next year. And so everybody is pushing to the end of the year to get their numbers and everything where they needed to be so they can qualify to go on that, uh, that company retreat, which is going to be awesome. And so if you have something like that, it gives everybody this, this focused goal that you're working towards as a group and that that we've definitely found can pay significant dividends and then you want to make sure you manage those business expenses right you're gonna you know you're gonna have maybe a christmas party you're gonna have this you're gonna have that you might have to float payroll because things might slow down at the end of december so make sure you're making good decisions and you have a buffer of money to take care of things yeah and the other thing that i would add to this leo i'm, I'm actually speaking at an event tomorrow and this is the topic of of my uh my presentation yeah. is is redefining your why. Ooh, I, um, I, I think it's really easy to check out around the fourth quarter because you know we've had Halloween, we've got Thanksgiving, football's kind of in prime time. You've got the, these holidays and redefining your why and digging deeper into why that is your why. And that's something as I was preparing for this presentation, you know, I, I always knew my why was 
uh, on the weekends when we'd go spend the weekend with biological father, finances were really, really tight. And I remember going to a, a grocery store with my little sister and a credit card declining and we couldn't oh, buy man. food and there was no food to eat at home. And so just that, that pit in my stomach of not even understanding why the card was declining and being confused committing to myself that number one, that will never happen to my family. And number two, I am going to become an absolute expert at credit. Well, that why has now shifted to instead of just me, now I want to educate and empower everyone. But now it's going beyond just credit. I want help. I want to help people actually make more money. So redefining that and figuring out what it takes to remind you of what your why is will really help you uh, have a successful fourth quarter. No question about it. And then you can start thinking about what does your business plan look like in 2024 and the problem that most of us have with these business plans or goals that we set for the new year is a lot of them are numerical and they're boring things instead of emotional things what really gets you excited maybe it's beating you know someone who's uh, you consider an enemy in your space who's who's uh, the top and you're number two or three and you're going after them or maybe it is providing that really amazing life and being able to go on a, a life-changing vacation with your family or being able to you know make an investment uh, in real estate or whatever it is where you create some passive income and more stability for your family or maybe it's taking your team on a vacation whatever it is like you need to have big emotional drivers beyond just numbers black and white and, and and so forth as you put that business plan together so that's uh, our mindset segment uh, been a ton of fun topic talking about these first two topics let's get into our week one nfl recap a lot happened including what happened on monday night football last night ty what what are you thinking about as you recap the? Week? oh man what a i was just I was sitting there, Leo, and, and I turned it to the Dolphins channel. It's playing that music, waiting for the game to start. And I'm like, I have not had this feeling since I was a little kid stuck in my room waiting for my parents to tell me, all right, come on down to, to open your gifts oh, on Christmas yeah. morning. But uh, it was awesome. Um, well, you, that you got a pretty good, uh, good gift. That was an amazing game. Yeah, and I, I don't know how I, I don't I didn't lose a single bet up until the Bills game. I literally was like oh. ten for ten and, and so it was just a great weekend. But I would say honestly, as far as teams that looked really, really solid, if I had to reestablish a top five It was a weird week one, bro. Oh, what happened was, to Cincinnati? Oh it was Cincinnati. Late yeah, I mean there was a few Kansas City. I mean there's a few that, that shocked oh. me. So if I if I had to redesign a, a top five in the NFL right now, I'm going number one, the most complete team that I, if, if they stay healthy, I don't know who's going to beat them is the 49ers. That's funny. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, they are top to bottom. They're just they a really, really good team. Dangerous. And Brock Purdy understands his role, and I'm, yep. I'm more and more sold. Um, number two, honestly, Leo, I'm, I'm going the Dolphins. If they stay healthy, I don't know who on earth is going to beat them. Leo, that defensive front for the Chargers is damn good. Oh, yeah. Like, you got both. Khalil Mack on yeah, one side, Bose on the other side. That's some good backers. Dangerous. Their secondary's good. And Dude, the, Tua did not take a lot of hits. Yeah. I, I don't that think he got sacked. It, it, but he's, he's gotten so good at getting rid of the ball. He, yeah. just, he reminds me just of like a more athletic Drew Brees every oh. time I watch him. It's, it's so, yeah. His footwork. I, I mean, his anticipation and to think they went down and fumbled at the six yard line like they yeah. that, that score really could have been worse but and and i do think the chargers are a really solid team. oh i think they're going to be an explosive offense i they're going to win long. the afc west yeah. i'm calling it right now yeah i can 
Absolutely Kansas City that. did not get Pat Mahomes enough weapons. It's sad because no, he's the best no, quarterback, period. But yeah. Um, so Dolphins at number two. At number three, I'm I'm keeping the Eagles. I'm keeping the Eagles right there. I I, I still think that they deserve still a that really spot. good team, but yeah, their their offense didn't look as good. I think Actually, the Patriots I, are a top three defense. I mean, we are talking about, and it was a very very it was a game. rainy nasty weather. Yeah, yeah that's good. Point. So it's a harder one to yeah. predict, and that's why number four. I'd like to say the Cowboys, but I they they didn't. I mean, those they scored on a blocked PAT or punt or field goal or punt. Um, they scored on like a pick six. They they scored on defense and special teams. Dak honestly wasn't. I great. think he threw for 134 yards. Yeah, yeah it was nothing to write home. I about. think that was more of a Giants collapse than a than a Cowboys ass whooping. Well, I think the Cowboys defense looked really. They good. are. They looked fantastic. I mean, you got Micah Parsons and Diggs. I mean, they've got a lot of athletes there. Absolutely, and that's. I mean, I actually am going to put the Cowboys at number five. I was talking to Casey, saying, "Hey, if they get a win next week, they play the Jets. If they get that win, then I'm I'm going to put them in the top five. But that win is now going to be against a, a Zach Wilson. So we'll see. But honestly, number four, I've kind of toyed with a handful of teams, but I I think even with the loss, I thought about the Lions, but they just signed Chris Jones. Travis Kelsey's coming back. I've got to keep the Chiefs up in the top five. Chiefs at number four, and I'll, I'll give the Cowboys number five. Sounds fair. fair. Sounds accurate. So, all right, what about last night? A-Rod goes down. It's a torn uh, Achilles, which is just such a tough injury to come back from, especially as much as he moves around in the pocket and needs a little bit of explosion to make things happen. Tough, um, tough play. Having gone through an Achilles recovery myself, I genuinely feel bad for the guy. I know on a, a previous podcast, I kind of let him let him ha- have it with how I truly feel, but I genuinely do feel bad for the guy. And, and selfishly, I do kind of feel bad because I don't get to be right now. Um, I don't. We, we don't get to see the Jets fail I, with him. It, exactly. Yeah, Granted, gonna, we did see those first there. few plays, and it wasn't pretty. I, it did I not think look good. No. He's old. He's lost a step. His body doesn't have it anymore. He hasn't cared for his body quite like a, a Tom Brady has, no. and he's hit the shelf life of a quarterback. I think yeah. it's just it's time. It's it's the uh, another legend moves on. Well, I was I was reading an article too, and it was saying that he had he thought very. Uh, seriously about retiring this last year and after he did his little dark thing where i don't know you spend like a week in the dark it's <laughs> crazy that's all that'd be tough actually crazy week you in think the dark. about it pitch black so i mean yeah they everybody in alaska you know what we're talking about right so he spent a week in the dark came back said he loved football again it looked like he was truly working hard in hard knocks and and the the team was boy the entire city was excited when he got injured you could just feel all the air leave that stadium last night yeah i i didn't realize too they were talking about it last night how the jets have had this history of they bring in it's all the way yes, back to like a test of they bring yeah. someone in and they get hurt whether it be preseason brett Favre long. got hurt when he came in for him it's just uh we we said this actually right when the, the only injury broke. he had like his entire career they're, was when he was with the jets. they're a doomed franchise but uh i'll tell you what i don't think the packers are skipping a beat Boy, Jordan Love looked Holy good. I cow. mean, yeah, because he has all the tools. He just needed someone to teach him. And what's a Lafleur? Matt Lafleur. He's yeah. a smart coach. He, I mean, he. There's a reason him and um, 49ers coach. Those guys are they. They came up as uh, assistants together. I think at the at the Redskins when Mike Shanahan was the coach. You know who was with him? Who else was with Mike him? Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins coach. 
dang. See, that's what's so impressive. Guys like Andy Reid and Mike Shanahan and uh, the Bill Walshes of the world, these guys just have coaching trees of just massive success. And that's why it's so baffling. You look at someone like Bill Belichick, and there's no coaching tree of success. They're just a coaching tree of massive failure. And you got to take your hats off to guys like, you know, Andy Reid and Bill Walsh and Mike Shanahan. I want to say Sean McVay yeah. was with them at one point, too. Sean McVay was and with now them. To take and it he a has step that further. same offensive yep. identity that the Broncos had back in the 90s. And Robert Sala even comes from the, the Shanahan line. So it's that's an amazing brilliant. Speaking right of McVay, I know we're way over time. That was my biggest surprise of the week. Dude, how about Poka Nakua from BYU? Oh, bro? my gosh. Ten catches for over 100 yards. Yeah, like 150, wasn't it? Like, he looked good. He looked really good. He looked fast. He's healthy. And Stafford's they needed awesome. him with Cooper Cup out. Oh, yeah. it's it. That's a – I mean, Sean McVay's brilliant. That team, most of those guys don't really have any business even being backups for a lot of these other teams, and no. they looked good. They so. did look good. Good coaching. Well, it's going to be a fun week. I'm heading to Boston, and I'll be there to uh, to root on our fins. We we own the Patriots for some reason, and I don't see that ending anytime soon. So Dolphins win by 10 in, in Boston, and it's at Gillette, Sunday night football, primetime TV. So Boy, Miami excited. traveling coast to coast yep. on the road. So, yeah, that would be two huge wins to start out the season. Yep, we'll see if uh, Bengals can get back on track. I, I think they will. But uh, it is tough weather for them. Tough yeah. weather. Go figure. Go figure. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on the Go Figure podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five star. If we added value to your day, then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the Seven Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your net worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure podcast.